we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build solve real problems. Build solve real problems. Build future. It just makes me feel at home. I feel loved when I come to Build. Like I'm protected, I'm guarded. This is Charles Peanut Tillman. This is Commissioner Boykin. Hi, I'm Sam Macho. I'm George McCaskey. This is U.S. Senator Dick Durbin, and you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. You are listening to Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Build Radio. We're excited to have you along for our March episode. March is, of course, Women's History Month, and International Women's Day was March 8th, with this year's theme being Choose to Challenge. On today's episode, we're going to hear from builders who participated in our virtual International Women's Day event about what they are choosing to challenge. Plus, we'll hear a youth spoken word piece, and we'll dive into some great interview segments produced by participants from our Austin Has the Mic podcasting program. Speaking of which, we're excited to have a few of them in the studio with us today. So, Tobias, Zylet, Tamia, welcome y'all to the virtual studio. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey there. Hey, yeah, thank you for having me. It's Tamil. Cool, cool, cool. So thank you guys for being with us. Um, we've had a great time so far in the program. And then uh, Zyla and Tamia, you guys were with us in the summer as well. So I guess start off, like, tell us a little bit about, well, I guess one, tell us maybe where you're from, how old you are, what school you're at. And then after you give us that, tell us what drew you to podcasting. So what's up, everybody? My name is Tobias. I'm 18, about to be 19, uh, actually next week. Uh, right now, I'm a freshman at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And for me, what drew me to podcasting was... So me and my friend had this idea to make a podcast, but we saw a lot of comedy podcasts and like YouTube channels and skits on TikTok. We were like, man, we can do that. We're pretty funny. And I was like, I mean, I'm taking a podcasting... I'm taking a podcasting class like with Austin has the mic, so like I can learn here and then share the knowledge with them. Since, you know, he's in Texas and I have another friend who's in Georgia. I was like, all right, yeah, we can like... I can split the information and then we can start our own podcast. Yeah, and then for me, um, I my name is Islet. I am 20 years old. Um, I attend Wilbur Wright right now, getting my associate's degree in education. And for me, podcasting started recently, my senior year. I had my first class in podcasting as an elective because I attended Shy Arts uh, as a creative writer. So one of our electives was podcasting, and that was my first introduction. Luckily, my teacher was amazing. Um, Ms. Golson really, really gave us a good introduction into how powerful and fun and just inviting it can be to use your voice and not have to worry about um, using your face or your appearance and bring less about that and more about whatever message you want to send. And I really thought that was something I wanted to take part in because I get worried about being on camera and just <laughs> being perceived as a person <laughs> physically. So I think uh, it relieves the stress of worrying about that and just using my voice to tell stories or to um, just make make fun in a creative space with sound, which I feel is underrated a lot of the time. So it's just a fun thing for me to do in my free time. Okay, so yeah, so I'm Tamia. Um, I'm currently a junior at Lane Tech. I'm 17 years old. And honestly, I had no interest in podcasting like, before the summertime, it was just like an option to choose for a job. And I'm like, okay, podcasting, like might as well just do that because I like talking a lot. And I'm like, let me see what this is going to be about. So when I got into it, I was actually late to the program. I was um, like three weeks late. So when I finally got into it and I started like interviewing people, I'm like, okay, I kind of like this because 
I, I like to use my voice to speak up. And since I'm like a talkative person, it's easy for me to talk a lot and make a podcast, you know, talk for a certain amount of time. So yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm just seeing what it's going to go with like podcasts. I don't plan on like doing big things, but if, if it leads to that, then it's just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Very cool. I mean, of course, like these skills, no matter what you do, are super applicable, being able to, you know, interview and write ahead of time, being able to make content, all sort of stuff. Um, so tell us a little bit, you guys, about so far what you've enjoyed in the program, what stood out to you, anything that's um, been, you know, stood out to you, I guess. Um, and then Zylet and Smith, if you guys can talk about, you could either talk about right now or over the summer. Um, and then Tobias, you can talk about, you know, what's what's been happening. Yeah, just right now. But, um, what I've enjoyed so far with the podcast is just learning the different apps and techniques to use while podcasting that I can do while in the comfort of my own room. And, you know, learning learning as I go has been very interesting. I I thought I had a rough start, but just the positive feedback I've gotten from you guys, Miss D, Leah, it's been great to hear. I would love to see how far we can all get individually and as a group towards the end of the program, even further beyond this. Sorry. Yeah, um, I agree with Tobias. I think uh, just finding out how much uh, great stuff you can use at home. I feel like people think you need a professional space or you need to start with something really big to create what you want to create, but you don't. There are some things like Anchor, BandLab, GarageBand. You can start literally in your room or anywhere and just make what you want to make. And also, I think I'm a person, I like to work by myself a lot. It's not that I'm not like anti-social or anything like that, but I think uh, I've learned how to let go of control of the vision and start letting other people in. And I found it's really fascinating and I learn about people a lot more um, that way. So interviewing people, just interacting with my co-host and just that whole experience has really widened my perspective on how fun it can be to work with people if it's something I'm also enjoying. For sure. Yeah, so I think the most part that I like about uh, podcasting, I will prefer, like I like interviewing people because I'm better at a, a you know, one-on-one conversation or conversing with most people than, you know, just talking to myself in a setting. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm hearing myself talk and I want other opinions. So I, like, I will prefer to uh, interview other people. But overall, I do like, I like talking in general. So me by myself, um, I get to express like my own opinions and, you know, add my little own taste to it, gets a little background music and stuff, even though, I do not like editing because I don't have patience for it, but all of it overall is very amusing and it's like interesting to learn. So I think this is like a good experience for me. Very cool. Well, super happy to hear all that. We thank you guys for being with us today and we're proud of your success so far. Austin as the Mic is an awesome program and we've partnered with Westside Health Authority to coordinate it and we're just excited to keep everybody updated with all the great content and community stories our young people are producing. So let's launch into our first segment as we hear a little bit more about International Women's Day and what Build Youth and staff are choosing to challenge. I choose. I choose. I choose. I choose to challenge. International Women's Day, celebrated on March 8th, is a global celebration honoring the social, cultural, political, and economic achievements of women. This day also marks a call to action for advancing women's equality and equity. International Women's Day has been celebrated for over a century, with the first celebration in 1911 being supported by over a million people. Today, International Women's Day is not limited to country, group, or organization. It's international. 
This year for International Women's Day, we are choosing to challenge. My name is Adam Alonzo. I am the CEO of, of Build. When I think of challenges, I think of the inequalities women face every day in the workplace. I choose to challenge the status quo and make sure that women have equal rights in the workplace here at Build. Hi, my name is Annette Perez. I am Building Girls to Women Specialist. When I think of challenge, I think of women's voice not being heard. I choose to challenge men to listen to women and not speak over them. Hi, my name is Gladys Esparza and I'm a prevention specialist. When I think of challenges, I think of gendered assumptions. I choose to challenge everyone to speak up when you hear someone make gendered assumption comments. Hi, my name is Shamira and I'm a Building Girls to Women specialist. When I think of challenges, I think of body image and insecurities women and girls face in today's society. I choose to challenge body positivity. You are enough. My name is Kathy Kloppenberg. I'm the Director of Operations for BUILD. When I think of challenges, I think of people assuming all women are the same, and I challenge all of us to honor the broad range of talents each woman brings in her own different, unique way. Hi, my name is Liani Feliciano, and I go to Erie Elementary Charter School. When I think of challenges, I think of the pressures from society to dress or look a certain way. I choose to challenge everyone to stop putting unreasonable standards of beauty on young girls and women. Hi, my name is Jessica Arce, and I'm a community wellness advocate. When I think of challenges, I think of women and how far too often we sacrifice our identities in order to make men feel more comfortable. I challenge women to be unapologetic for being their authentic selves. We must not sacrifice our identity and comfort for the sake of others. Hi, my name is Ricardo Vences, and I go to Erie Elementary School. When I think of challenges, I think of sexist comments men say to and about women. I choose to challenge men to think before they speak, so we don't make women feel uncomfortable. Hi, my name is Andres Alvear. I'm the Chief Program Officer at Build Chicago. When I think of challenges, I think of equal pay for women. I choose to challenge unequal pay for women. Hi, my name is Olivia Santiago, and I am the manager of Building Girls to Women. When I think of challenges, I think of men assuming women's actions are driven from emotion. I challenge men to respect the intent of women's actions and voices, to see women for the strength they are. Hi, my name is Isis, and I'm a Building Girls to Women specialist. When I think of challenges, I think of opportunities. I choose to challenge myself. The challenged world is an alert world. Individually, we're all responsible for our own thoughts and actions all day, every day. We can choose to call out gender biases, inequalities, and inequities. We can all choose to seek out and celebrate women's achievements. Collectively, we can help create a more inclusive world. From challenge comes change, so let's choose to challenge. We thank Olivia and all the contributing staff and youth for their thoughts. To the 70 plus event attendees who gather to experience videos, presentations, poems, artwork, and conversation, we appreciate you joining in and making such a meaningful day. Next up, we have a powerful spoken word piece written by hip hop artist Lady London and performed at our International Women's Day event by Build Youth, Kashila. I wonder, is my black girl magic conditional? And do you find it difficult to realize that your weakness lies inside my physical, that you admire in secret? 
Like, is my magic really magic beyond the times that you need it? Or is it only applicable when you find it convenient? And I'm only asking because this black girl magic is something you never cared about until you needed another new word, new fashion, hairstyle, and hand out your hands out. And we exist in a world you live in. And there's a difference because for us to continue, we need permission. Because blue lives matter and all lives matter too. But black lives matter is not a part of that all lives group. So why in the world would I ever share my magic with you? America, could you imagine the truth? We've been beaten, we've been bruised, and yet you cannot stop us. The country built on the backs that you stand on top of. America, how dare you try to rob us of our magic that's been put into time capsules since the beginning of our days. We have always been magical. So I do not find it impractical that every black man will frighten you in your foolishness because the blueprint will always be better than a duplicate and you will never know what to do with it. Thanks to Kashila for sharing such a remarkable piece with us. Now, next up, we'll hear from Tamia, one of our Austin Has the Mic podcast program youth you met at the top of the show. She invites a friend for an honest conversation about gender stereotypes, social media's beauty standards, and body positivity. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tamia with another episode of Austin Has the Mic. Today, we have a very special topic with about Women's History Month. So, featuring my episode, I will have a guest for an interview, my lovely friend, her name is Jess, and today we're just going to talk about the different things on how we feel about the Women's History Month and what it means to me. So Jess, you want to introduce yourself? Um, Yeah, my name is Jessica, but everybody call me Jess. I'm 17 years old and I go to Lane Tech with Tamia. Okay, okay, period. <laughs> so, so Jess, you do know that it's Women's History Month and Basically, we just I just want to get your opinion on, you know, I want to ask you a few questions. So my first mm-hmm. question for you is, how do you feel about women's history having a whole month to itself? Like, are you excited about it? Um, Yeah, I'm excited about it. I still think we should celebrate women every day. But mm-hmm. it feels good to know that we're recognized for a whole month, at least. You know, I think it shows strength. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Definitely strength, because I feel like in the Women's History Month, that's when women embrace their self more, because it's like we got a whole month dedicated to ourselves. So it's like we might as well show out, you know? So Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. So what does it mean to you to be a woman? Um. Well, for me, being a woman is always being able to show my vulnerability, even if it's hard always showing my strength and never coming second to a man. Period. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Never coming second to a man. Okay. So, so do you feel like, I want to throw a little gender equality in here. So do you feel like men have a different level of vulnerability that they have, that they can have because they're men or like, I don't know. Do you feel like women have a, uh, that opportunity to be vulnerable because we're women or, you know, just because of our gender, we allowed to be soft and vulnerable. Um, so I feel like society made it like, so that men are like 
quote unquote big dogs, like always on top, um, mm-hmm. always have to be strong, never show emotion. I think that's like what so many years of patriarchy did. And um, I feel like a lot of men see women as people who always share their feelings or overshare their feelings and they see it as annoying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I feel like there is different expectations for men and women on showing emotion. Okay, okay. So <laughs> do you feel that women's expectations are higher than men's? Or what's, what's your thoughts on that? Um... I say so. I because a lot of in marriages, especially, um, a lot of men expect women to be a stay-at-home mom, the cook, the clean, and um, we're supposed to go get the groceries and shop. But at the same time, men also have like that stigma around them. They're the ones that are supposed to be the mechanics and stuff like that. Um, so I feel they are higher because on top of doing all the jobs at home, we are mothers. We have um, a body that's way different than men to care about. Like we go through the pregnancy and the pain and periods. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like expectations are higher. Yeah, it's true. And I want to comment on the fact that men expect women to be at home wives, and, you know, basically care for the family while being at the home. And I do feel like that's true. Because at this point, it's like younger females is being trained to become that stay-at-home mom. Because yeah. my dad, he trying to get me to becoming the cook, you know, making food and dinner. So, you know, when I become a mom, I could be that type of woman. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's stigmatized. And it's like, it's embedded in me. Like, that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be a stay-at-mom, cook for the family and, you yeah. know, things like that. And then it's females, you know, out here asking for a man that know how to mount a TV and, oh, if you don't know how to fix a car, a piece of a part from my car, you know, you not the one for me and stuff like that. So I d- definitely yeah. get where you're coming from. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so okay, so what would you want to change about the image of women? Or is is there anything that you want which, you would like to change? Definitely. Um, I w- The main thing I would like to change is how people differentiate the like sizes of women they often look down on bigger women whether it's like weight or height like I don't know I feel like there's always an aspect of a woman that's not the beauty standard Mm -hmm. like a Instagram model or something I feel like every woman every woman should have a place to fit in because they are a woman like they generalize the people that they like and some people call it preference but i feel it i feel like it's weird because that's like saying oh if i was big i wouldn't want somebody to date me right if you wouldn't date them so i feel like it's very hypocritical but yeah i want to i want to see more body positivity which we're doing pretty good like last year and this year because of tiktok and everybody been raising awareness and stuff mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to see more of that. Okay, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up TikTok because my next question is, like, do you feel that, like, how do you feel about the media portraying the image to be a certain size? Like, and do you think that that you are influenced by the media and make you feel that you need to be a certain size or that you are, like, a certain size that you will want to desire? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I feel that 
you know, like places like TikTok are becoming more of a safe place for all sizes of women. Like they're very open about um, eating disorders or like just trouble eating what they eat mm -hmm. and how they eat. And I feel like it's being more inclusive, way more than it was. And me personally, I, I think I will always be influenced by the media on like how I look because first of all, I'm real big. Like I'm tall, mm -hmm. I'm chunky. So of course I will always want to be smaller because I don't know, like being tall and chunky at the same time, it just don't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. And I think it doesn't sit right with me because of all the people I see on TikTok working out or like eating healthy and stuff like that. So yeah, it makes me want to do everything I can to lose my weight. Yeah. And I definitely feel like we in the same boat. Cause it's like, you know, me and you both tall and we like two tall friends and mm -hmm. you know, with a little weight to them. And it's kind of like, well, dang, I'm seeing all these skinny people on TikTok and it's like, okay, people working out and now that's kind of motivated me to work out. And it's like, I wasted all this time in the pandemic doing nothing when I could have been, you know, working on my yeah. body and, you know, yeah. So I definitely, I definitely feel that for so, because being tall, I like my height. Like, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not really mad that I'm tall, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like a, well, I'm tall and I'm seeing other people on the image, I mean, on the social media. And it's like, I, they skinny, you know, a little short. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of like a friend. It's like, it's like, it's like, I can't change my height, but I can change my weight. Mm -hmm. So I would rather, like, I, I want to do that because it, like, I don't know. It's not an insecurity. It's just something I'd rather not have. Yeah. Weight. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, I definitely don't think I'm. I don't think I'm insecure about my my height. It's just like, well, if I can fix something, I might as well work on trying to fix it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I hear that. So okay, okay. So what is a message that you would want to give to women who feel they are insecure or love themselves less? Well, what helped me is you know, I'm I go to a versatile school. Like it's real diverse. It's you see all sizes, all races, like it's a little bit of everything. And I feel like surrounding yourself with people who support your body as it is. But if you would want to change it, they would also support that. I feel like you should surround yourself with people who are body positive. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like you should always stay positive because there's always there's always options for help. And you yourself have to be strong enough to pull yourself up to get what you need to get done. I don't know, like just stay strong, you know, love yourself, look in the mirror and be like, I am pretty. Why <laughs> <Quite laughs> today, when you wake up and when you go to bed. Period, <laughs> have you on the love yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Jess. I really, I really appreciate you for doing this interview with me and answering these questions and giving your thoughts on Women's History Month. Yeah, so it's, it was nice being here. You know, I had fun and I feel like it's important to talk about this kind of stuff, especially during a history month made for it. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All love. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Thank you again, Jess. Love you. Love you. <laughs> All right, all right. Great job to Tamia for leading such an energetic and engaging conversation. 
Next, we'll hear from Miguel, another youth in the program who interviews a female mentor of his and learns about her career path in public health, her side business, and views on being a black woman in the entrepreneurial space, as well as her professional advice for young women. Hello, you guys, and welcome back. As you know, it is March, and it is Women's History Month. So today, I will be interviewing people that inspire me to wake up every morning and to go out to the world and be the best that I can be. We are here with Cameron Gramet, a program coordinator with the Office of Student Diversity and Community Engagement for Rush University Medical Center. She has her Bachelor's of Arts in Interdisciplinary Studies from Governor State University, her Master's of Health Administration from Purdue University, and is currently pursuing her Doctorate of Public Health from Capella University. Welcome, Cameron, and thank you for being here with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do as a program coordinator here at Rush? Yeah, so um, I work here at Rush in the Office of Student Diversity and Community Engagement. Um, I pretty much work with um, students from different affinity groups. Um, we have a women's um, group called AMWA. Uh, we have a, um, you know, a group for African-American students, a group for Latino students. And pretty much what I do is work to create programming um, that is inclusive of the diverse makeup that we have here at Rush University. Um, just making sure students have a voice and are able to um, express themselves through programming and teach others about diversity and inclusion. Um, so that pretty much is, you know, what I do is just support those students and give them the resources and help them with the planning of the different um, programs that we have here at the university. And I'm sure you had many offers and a lot of different choices when you were choosing a job out of college. So what made you choose this job here at Rush? Um, well, I will say that I did work for um, Northwestern University um, when I first graduated from undergrad. And, you know, I worked there for a short period of time. I was very grateful to have the opportunity to work there. You know, Northwestern is probably one of the best, well, if so, considered the best hospital in Chicago. Um, but, you know, when I was there, I just really didn't feel um, kind of like the warmth and the welcoming um, that I, you know, was expecting to have as a black woman. And so when I came to Rush, um, just literally, you know, from the orientation all the way down to meeting different people in different leadership roles, um, I always felt just very welcomed and, and, you know, included and didn't feel like, you know, um, I was treated differently because of my skin color or anything like that. So uh, Rush has definitely been a place where I've received that um, inclusiveness and so that's one of the reasons why I've been here for four years. So you wanted to feel more like a family rather than just a yeah definitely and like I said when the inclusive piece comes in I think that Rush definitely um, is you know really showcasing that that's important to them here. And what's your favorite part about doing this job? I really enjoy um, creating programming that is, you know, equitable, inclusive of, you know, different backgrounds, different ethnicity, different races. Um, I think that's really important to show not just the university, but the you know medical center as a whole, that this is something that we think is important. And so anything that I can do to aid these students, you know, in their journey here while they're at school, to make sure that they're comfortable, make sure that they feel like they're welcome and included, um, that's what really gives me my satisfaction, you know, working here. Now, aside from working here at Rush as a program coordinator, you're also an entrepreneur and you're starting your own lifestyle brand. Do you think that as an African-American woman, you have more disadvantages or advantages when it comes to starting a business? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, the line that I created, I basically made um, a lifestyle brand that helps women to be more ambitious and confident, um, you know, reach their goals and kind of like, you know, be confident when doing that. Um, as an African-American woman, I can say that um, sometimes, you know, the clothing brand world is kind of dominated by men. And so um, just being a woman alone, I feel like can sometimes be a disadvantage. You may, you may not get the support and the, um, you know, the feedback that you want when you're a woman versus a man. Um, and then also, you know, as a minority, I think it's always going to be a little bit harder, no matter what you're doing, because you have to work a little bit harder, you know, to achieve certain things. Um, so I just feel like me just being confident and just, you know, working hard is going to help me to get where I want to be in, um, in that part of, you know, my business. But I never look at anything as an obstacle or a hindrance, you know, based on um, my skin color or the fact that I'm a woman. I just kind of work hard and make sure that I do what I need to do to be successful. Thank you so much for that. And what are your future plans? Like, do you plan on moving up, branching out into different aspects of healthcare now that you're pursuing your doctorate? Yeah, so um, right now I also currently intern with Chicago Department of Public Health. Um, I've been given a great opportunity to work in their communicable disease department, uh, where we pretty much investigate um, different outbreaks like salmonella and um, foodborne illnesses. Um, so it's really given me a good chance to kind of learn um, the inside of the Department of Public Health and meet people and connect. I would love to, you know, continue to work there after I complete my doctorate's degree. Um, you know, uh, I would love to stay at Rush, of course, um, but, you know, if the opportunity did present itself, I would love to kind of take that next step, um, you know, once I receive my doctorate's degree and work in, you know, Department of Public Health and be able to serve, you know, the city of Chicago. Um, that would be something that would be like a really, you know, great accomplishment for me. Thanks for that. And do you have any advice for young women that are trying to pursue a career in healthcare or try to get to a place where you are now? Yeah, I would definitely say for young women, um, just definitely be very confident in yourself, you know, um, don't be afraid to ask questions or reach out to, you know, if you work in an organization already, reach out to leaders or someone that you think, you know, is on the same path as you want to go on. Um, look for mentorships, um, look for those connections, just network. Um, like I said, always ask questions and, you know, someone doing something that you're interested in, see if you can shadow them, see if you can, you know, connect with them and kind of just form those relationships so that, you know, you, you know, you have the hands-on experience and someone that's doing something that you already want to do. Um, so just kind of go for it and don't be afraid to, you know, meet new people. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And if anyone wants to follow Cameron on her social media, her Facebook is Cameron Grimmett, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-G-R-I-M-M-E-T-T. -T, and her Instagram is cgrimmett89. Thank you so much for being here, Cameron. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Miguel for leading a great interview and Cameron for sharing her story with us. Now we have a poignant piece from Xylet who reflects on the unfair obstacles women have been facing for generations and many of the dangers that women face every day. A topic I have not been able to get off my mind for the past few weeks has been violence against women. It ranges from the most subtle forms of harassment like taking unsolicited photos in public to the intended murder of millions. Just this past week, I've seen three Twitter headlines about missing or assaulted women some of them happening in broad daylight when they say it's safest for us. It's not. 
fear of becoming the face on the news report or not getting the I made it home call from a friend is one of the most stress-inducing situations that plagues my mind. I have had mornings where I lie frozen in bed, thinking it unwise to live alone because I'd endanger myself, irrational as that still sounds aloud. We are simply told to bypass it with self-defense weapons or taking another route so a perpetrator doesn't know where we live. It is unfair to have our lives shortened before we've had the chance to enjoy it. It is unfair to have our voices silenced and taken from us before we've had the chance to speak. It is unfair for a child to be wary of a man's wandering eye as 89% of sexual victims under 18 are female. According to a stat taken from the U.S. Department of Justice, it's 1.3 million or a quarter of women who are taken advantage of by an intimate partner. When they are harmed or killed, it is not because they wore the wrong thing or because they walked alone or they didn't get to their car fast enough. It is highly insensitive and tone deaf to argue against the experiences of women who tell their stories or call them attention-seeking liars. If I didn't ask to be born a woman, what makes you think I want the trauma that may come along with it? Then I have to wonder, what in the world am I going to do about it? I know that I can do what I'm doing right now, which is unabashedly speaking my thoughts. I will use it to defend and echo stories until we stop blaming people for things they didn't ask for. Women deserve long, safe, and comfortable lives. There's no clear answer that comes to mind on how we'll get that. All I know is I want the world to get quiet and listen beyond its ego. To listen beyond who gets the right to a body, to a title, to a fair chance at life. Very powerful sentiment from Xylet. We appreciate her strength and thoughtfulness in discussing such difficult yet critical issues. For a final youth-produced piece of the episode, we'll hear from Tobias as he interviews his mother about growing up as a black woman in Chicago, the generational shift she's seen in family and relationship dynamics, as well as her advice for young mothers. He ends with his own thoughts on their discussion and the fight for equality and progress. All right, guys. On this day's podcast, I was asked to interview a woman for Women's History Month. Today, I have my mother here. Mom, introduce her. Hi, I'm Ebony Bell. So, I must ask... Growing up as a black woman in Chicago, how was it? Well, in my day, because I am a lot older than the guys around and ladies around today, back in my day, it wasn't too bad growing up as a black girl in the black community. I was born in 82, so I was able to go to grammar school, high school, all on the west side of Chicago. I graduated top of my class at Western House. And I was able to be able to go outside and not have to worry about somebody shooting at you just out of nowhere, be able to walk to the corner store and not be afraid. We didn't have those type of parameters when we was kids growing up on the west side of Chicago. Mothers and fathers told you, be in front of the house when the streetlights came on. Streetlights came on, you was in front of the house when the streetlights came on. <laughs> it wasn't no... Mom, can I leave off the porch? No, you can come in the house or you can sit on the porch. One of the two. The only options you had when streetlights came up. <laughs> All right. So I want to ask you for a comparison. So in comparison to the men of your period versus our generation, would you say there was a shift in how young men treat younger women versus how men of your generation treat women of your generation? Absolutely. The younger guys today, this generation, has no respect for the woman. And it's mainly, mostly because the newer generation of young ladies don't give them anything to respect. How can you expect a young man to respect you 
if you don't respect yourself. Back in our days, we respected ourselves. And the young, the young guys back then, they were taught morals and responsibilities and how to treat a woman. These younger kids today are being raised by kids themselves because there's so many young black women and young women in general having kids as teenagers. So it's just like a cycle. It's just kids raising kids. Back in our days, you had the grandmamas and the mamas that stood in front of the house yelling down the street. I know you ain't down there with the little nappy-headed boy. Get your butt down here. They don't have that today because nowadays the mamas is working two jobs, a single mother taking care of kids by herself. So they don't have that upbringing as a mother in the household because she's always at work. So they practically raising themselves, doing what they want to do. Mama come home from work, she dogs had, all she want to do is go to sleep. So yes, it's a huge difference than back in the day when it was a two-parent household versus now with single mothers or single fathers sometimes raising kids on their own in the black community. I guess sort of building off that, what sort of advice would you give younger black mothers growing up? Well, raising their child, sorry. I will tell you this, be firm and be attentive because kids will only do what you allow them to do. I'm a 38 year old single mother with three kids, two boys, one girl. And I think I did a pretty good job raising them. Of course you did, look I at got, me. <laughs> I have two that's in college and one that's a freshman in high school. But if you don't stay on top of them, you will lose them. Give them something to do. Find them something to do. Don't just let them get up and just go outside and just, oh, I'm going to the park. No, find them a job in the summertime. Make them work. Teach them the value of responsibility and earning their own way. When you teach your child different ways than what you had growing up, then they'll remember that. They will remember that. I guess sort of a spinoff of this question that I had asked you, what advice would you give to the black men who may not always be in the presence of their child that they have birthed, the young black men? So there's this program called Father's Rights. Never let a woman tell you that you can't be a part of your child's life. You do any and everything you can to be a part of your child's life. Having a male, positive male figure in any child's life, whether it's a boy or girl, is very, very, very important. Every girl needs her father and every boy needs his dad. One thing that my mother taught me is you can you can raise a son on your own, but you can't teach him how to be a man because you're not one. All you can do is teach him how to treat a woman, but you can never teach him how to be a man. So he needs his father. Men, young men need their fathers, just like young girls need their daddies. So never ever, young men, let these young girls out here tell y'all, oh, I'm not letting you see the baby because you with Tashika Shea instead of with me. <laughs> no, you fight for your child and make sure that you're a part of their life. And not just by providing for them, sending some money and child support. That is not being a father. You get up and you take your kids to school. You spend time with them. Know them. Learn their differences. Learn what they don't like. Learn what they do like. Take them out. Let your daughters know, hey, this is how a man's supposed to treat a woman so that when she grows up, she don't go get a no Black man. That ain't doing nothing for her. Because she can watch you not do nothing for her mother or not do nothing for her. And you don't want your sons growing up seeing you doing the same thing and then he go out and he treat a woman the same way that she do. And then the cycle repeats itself. So you fight for your kids. You be a part of their life and show them what a positive male figure is. 
I would like to thank you for your time, Mama, for giving me such great insight from the intelligence of a black queen such as yourself. And we shall move on to the next segment. My mother was definitely onto something when she was talking about how the young men of our generation treat the young women of our generation and vice versa. I feel as though the women of our generation are heavily underappreciated and aren't respected nearly as much as they should because they are also the people who are going to be helping us to fix up the mistakes of the past generations and help us lead this world into the new era time and time again until we have to pass it on to the next generation. Speaking of, it was the women of the next generation, the youth, the young ladies growing up and watching our generation have so much that they shouldn't be trying to replicate and imitate because there's just so much that isn't right. The young women of our generation aren't being respected as much therefore they're acting as if we they should also not treat black men with the same respect that they should be given there's just so much controversy and contradictions between the young women and young men of our generation that just shouldn't be pushed on to the next generation and i'm actually starting to see it within young women of the next generation they're already acting as if they don't need to interact with the boys they already feel as though that they shouldn't be speaking to the boys because they'll get disrespected or they're afraid of being hurt, afraid of being talked about. And it's just so much that's being projected onto the younger generations that I really should, that not even myself, that young men of my generation really should work on. I know that that's a heavy task because you can't control everyone. Everyone's going to be their own person. Everyone's going to have that little opinion of theirs, that little character of theirs that someone's not going to agree with. But I think that if we truly want women to shine, women to grow beside us, not behind us, not two steps back, not two steps forward, but right beside us, then what we need to do as a community, as a generational whole We need to start speaking to each other more clearly. We need to be upfront with each other. We need to speak to each other as though we are on the same platform time and time again to get the point across that we shouldn't be against each other because this world, this world being divided is no good for us. Divided we shall fall is a sentence that we've heard growing up time and time again. And this generation couldn't be any more divided. Together, when we actually came together, we've accomplished so much. We've changed so much from the past. We've changed so much about traditions from the past. And we don't know if we can keep this up as we grow up because there's still so much that separates us on an intellectual level, on a physical level, on a spiritual level even. But I know that voices like mine are going to step up and remind us of what we can do when we're together and what we can do to make this world a better place, not just for women, but for our whole generation. Thanks to Tobias for his thoughts and sharing his interview. And of course, thanks to all of you for being with us this episode. Now, we're back with our youth producers and just wanted to hear, before we go, some thoughts from them on their experience of creating these segments. So let's start with Tobias. Tell us about your piece. So with me, so the original assignment was to interview a woman of your choice for Women's History Month and International Women's Day that I passed on the 8th. I had chosen to interview my mother because 
the original point of my podcast was to speak on Chicago, the black community within Chicago, and the young people growing up within our neighborhood. And I wanted input from someone from an older generation on her perspective on how things have changed being a woman in her generation versus how she views women in our current generation and next generation. So definitely speaking to her was a very common experience. It was basically like hearing from an elder, hearing from an older, per- an older person or just a teacher who's obviously been around a little bit longer and can see things from a different perspective as yourself. It was very enlightening to hear how she thinks things have changed, not necessarily for the worst, but not not that much for the better. Like everything could use a bit of improvement, but we haven't completely thrown things down the drain as our generation. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, Tamia, tell us about yours. Oh yeah, so I personally like the side, well, well, my first thoughts of like choosing a woman that, um, you know, admirationable to you, I'm like, okay, well, I ain't really got like no woman figure in my household. So I'm like, who am I gonna call? And my first thought was to call um, a teacher that I basically like, she been with me ever since I was in like grammar school. And I called her my mama and I'm like, well, it's in short time. And so I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to interview her. So it was a kind of struggle trying to find somebody. I even asked my sister, cause I knew she was coming. She was visiting um, our home this weekend, uh, that weekend that we was um, recording. So I'm like, okay, but she ended up leaving too. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just pick my friend. And I'm glad I did because my friend, she is very political. And, and sometimes like I get her opinions on stuff. And like, sometimes we debate on, you know, controversial topics that's going on in the world. And I'm just like, you know, what? I think she's going to be the perfect person. So when I interviewed her, you know, it was good to hear what she said. And I'm just like, okay, some of the stuff that she was saying, like, I was agreeing with it. And, you know, sometimes we be thinking the same stuff. And it's just like, wow. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like some people, like, and then at that, she's young. So it's like, you notice how, like, the youth, like, young people, how much, like, how knowledgeable they can be. And when you actually be able to hear their experiences and their opinions on stuff, and then they, uh, back it up with facts and it's just like okay like it was nice to hear so i i enjoyed the assignment definitely wonderful and zylet you interviewed your grandmother but only wanted to share your second segment so tell us a little bit about your experience yeah for me uh this assignment didn't have me like jumping towards the ceiling per se i guess i think i actually have a very complicated relationship with the idea of like uh, womanhood, especially like intersectionality wise. So like being a black woman versus being a white woman or being a person of color. And um, just now that we're definitely exploring the gender spectrum. So what does it mean to be a trans woman? What does it mean to be non-binary, but still use she, her pronouns? And people are starting to get into that, diving into that and really understanding that it's not just a made a concept, but we're just bringing it to light. It's I didn't talk about that. I interviewed my grandmother and that, of course, led to more um, similar to like Tobias comparing generations, what she sees versus um, now and then for her growing up. And I was trying to get answers out of her, but I think she was a little scared of the mic and maybe like a little uh, shy about how she would sound. So um, she I, I did learn more about her perspective on how strict and how she thinks that things now are kind of like off target in her eyes. She doesn't think that everyone is abiding by uh, the gender roles that she was used to, but she is saying that like her point of view is going to be different from everyone else's. But I really wanted her to talk about maybe how she felt about um, my dressing style, my mom's dressing style and music taste and things like that. But I didn't really get to get into her, um, 
her opinions on those things. And I wanted to because I think it's interesting how we kind of micromanage what women are allowed to do in their lives and how that varies by generation. Um, and that's, that's like a big thing about identity as well. It's like, what are we allowed to do in society and how does that reflect on how we treat women, which is why my other segment was, uh, was like women violence. I think that ties into how victim blaming is a big thing in our society. If she hadn't worn this, if she hadn't gone out this late or whatever, this wouldn't have happened to her. And I think that's just ridiculous. That is so crazy that you're blamed for <laughs> existing and that you, you you are not the victim, but the perpetrator of something that happened to you. So I wanted to get that out. And like, the statistics are crazy and just, it's upsetting, but I think it needs to be said more and um i think it is being said but still there's we can we can push more for it for sure absolutely well thank you for sharing and thanks to all of you for your great work and that is our show this month so shouts to all of our featured youth podcasters and we are stoked to hear the great community driven content that's going to be coming out of our austin as the mic podcast program the next couple months To everyone still with us, we thank you for listening and remind you, for 52 years, our organization has been building and inspiring the leaders of tomorrow, giving them the tools to believe in themselves and their own potential. Build offers a huge array of resources, programs, and opportunities, and your support truly does transform lives. So follow us on social media at Build Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And if you want to take your support to the next level, make a donation. You can do so on our website. Any amount supports our young people as they work to build positive futures. So for Build Radio, this has been Benji Wax, alongside... Alongside Tobias. And this is a great to meet. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next month's episode. Keep your spirits up, everybody, and do some good out there. We'll catch you next time. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond put the guns down. We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it. Build hope, build lives, and build futures. Woo!